cleanse the way. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest and he will answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayerful yearning as your heart to heaven is turning, you will find a little talk with Jesus. Makes it right, it makes it right. I may have doubts and fears. My eyes be filled with tears. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. And I go to him in prayer. And he knows my every care. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. It makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest. And he will answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayerful yearning. As your heart to heaven is turning you. We'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right and makes it now church it's all right it's all right I said it's all right it's all right because just a little talk with Jesus makes it right now let us have a little talk with Jesus let us tell him all about our troubles he will hear our faintest and he will answer by and by now when you feel a little prayerful yearning as your heart to heaven is turning you will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right it makes it right morning once again church our scripture reading for this morning worship service will be read from 1st Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 1 through 6 that is 1st Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 once again 1st Corinthians Chapter 3 and verses 1 through 6. And if all found, it reads And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hereto here ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one said, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? but minister by whom ye believe. Even as the Lord gave to every man, I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. I have just read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his holy and divine word. Go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. 
our Father and our God, which are in heaven. Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth, with thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and closing our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to witness you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the prayers that you have answered in the past. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue answering them in the future. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for providing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, job, and financial means. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory and came to earth, lived, died, and was buried and rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are a member of. We pray, Heavenly Father, for every church door open and every person proclaiming your word this morning, Heavenly Father. We pray for the sick and the shut-in all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down and bless them with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every member and their family here at Inglewood Church of Christ. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down and bless us with the things, Heavenly Father, you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And Heavenly Father, when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's traveling, just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the bereaved family all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way, Heavenly Father, that only you know how. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's walking in darkness. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll see the light and come to the light before it's everlasting too late. We also pray for our delinquished members. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come back and repent before it's everlasting too late. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for every church to open, every person proclaiming your word this morning, Heavenly Father. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we'll continue loving each other more and more each day. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll become better Christians today than we were yesterday. We also pray, Heavenly Father, that we don't take our blessing for granted. And we just pray a special prayer for Brother Culpepper as he come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen and we'll listen towards eternity. Because these will be eternal matters he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, but also doers of your word, Heavenly Father. 
We also say a special prayer for our new converts. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get rooted and ground in your word. We also pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Please turn to page 853 in your faith and praise books. Once again, that's page 853 in your faith and praise books. When the save gets up. Once again, that's page 853. Father, let us sing. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. Oh, when the safe gets to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the saints see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. Oh, when the Savior to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the Savior Jesus will sing and shout the victory, let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. Oh, when the Savior to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the Savior Jesus will sing and shout the victory. Oh, when the Savior to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the Savior Jesus will sing and shout the victory. Center page 14 in your sacred selection psalm books. Once again, that's page 14 in your sacred selection psalm books.
apologies, page 18. 18 unisex election samples. Mansion robe and crown. Once again, it's page 18, unisex election sample. Bob, I'm gonna trade this earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. And Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. And I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown. And there love always abound. So let me your throne surround. Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, and the weather there is always fair, there's sunshine day and night, and no cold or rain will fall there, for the sun shines ever bright, and I'll need no heavy garment, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown. And there love always abound, so let me your throne surround. Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. And my head is bowed and bloody now from the work that I've got to do. Oh, but one day I'll be rewarded with a crown so bright and new. And I'll wear a smile so bright for there'll be no cause for a frown. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown. And there love always abound, so let me your throne surround. Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Please turn to page 464 in faith and praise books. Once again, that's page 464 in faith and praise books. Because he lives. Page 464. Bob, let us know. God sent his son. They
he lives but we can face tomorrow amen. amen and we know that in that living there is the understanding that we are being faithful amen. and we are being faithful unto death and so that we may receive that crown of life that faded not away that's why we can face tomorrow amen. because we know that God is the holder of not only those things of the past, but he's certainly the holder of those things of the future. Amen. And God says that he will forget our past because of our faith, and he will provide us with our future Amen. because of our hope. And our hope is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because he lives, he died, and rose again on the third day, resurrected from the grave after wrestling with the devil. The Bible says he took the keys of death. And now because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Amen. I ought to preach on that, but that's not my sermon. Uh, we are so thankful to God to be here this morning. Amen. Truly appreciate the song service that has been led by uh, Anthony Jr. Uh, did a wonderful job this morning. Uh, Really appreciate the scripture reading read by Brother Martin and uh, certainly the prayer uh, that Brother Joseph uh, led us into the throne of God. Uh, it is truly a blessing to be in a sound worship service Amen. where we can just worship God and focus on him, uh, take ourselves out of the equation and let God be the whole prop. God is able uh, to strengthen us, uh, and so we come here at this place, to this building, to worship him and to worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and so every Lord's Day, I pray that our minds are uh, unified on the same thing, which is to give God the glory, uh, because there's nothing we could do of ourselves. It is God that giveth the increase. 
Uh, and that increase, as we had read in the scripture reading uh, this morning, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, helps us to understand um, many things, but surely we always have to make sure that we look at those things through the lens of spiritual matters. Um, these things are not about the material things of life, but they're about the spiritual things of God. And so when he says God gives the increase, I know that there are many who will uh, easily run to that text and they would think that that is limited to the idea of material resources. Uh, but that is not the case. God gives the increase is about spiritual growth. It's about spiritual development. Uh, as we understood uh, when we read in the book of Luke on last Lord's Day about the, uh, the young man who had left uh, his father's house and found himself uh, in the hall pen where he had squandered away all that he had. Uh, now remember, we recall from that story that uh, when he left his father's house, he had uh, uh, he was full of spiritual things, possessions, if you will. And he went out into the world and he squandered all that he had. And then uh, when the world took everything that he had, he found himself, himself in the hog pen eating the husks that the swine did eat. Uh, and so the Bible says it, 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 it was imperative for that man to come to himself. He had to uh, uh, search his conscience, if you will, uh, to find something that uh, would bring him back to a sense of mental stability. And what he found was the seed of God's word, if you will. Because what we see in his heart, he says, I remember, I remember my father's house. And when I was at my father's house, I had all that I needed. He remembered what he had had before he found himself in the hog pen, in the swine pen. And let me tell you something. That's why it's good to have the seed of God's word planted in your heart. Because no matter how far you may fall, as long as that seed is there, you got a chance to get up. The young man, if you will, the man, if you will, recognized that he uh, had, uh, the Bible says that he had identified that he had sinned. And he said, I will go and I will say to my father, I have sinned. And by saying these things, he recognized that this would, if you will, restore him or at least present him. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that the father recognized that he was, if you will, uh, uh, penitent in heart and, and that he, he, he was uh, coming back so that he may be restored. And the father ran to him, fell on his neck, uh, recognized his son and, and, and gave him back all those things that he, uh, if you will, uh, had left, uh, that, he, uh, that he had lost in the world, but God gave it back to him when he was restored to the fold. Now, the interesting thing here is, notice that when he was in the world, no matter what he was doing, that, that, this, is, this, is, this is a significant point here, no matter what he was doing in the world, it seems like that uh, what, whoever he was running with and hanging out with and, 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 and spending time with, it wasn't adding to his life, it was taken away from his life. 
Amen. It was taken away from his life. Because remember, he left his father's house with plenty. But when he squandered everything in the world, no matter what he was doing, being in the world, the world takes from you. The world doesn't give anything to you. It, take, it may look like it's giving something to you, but it's taken from you. Amen. Amen. I, boy, I wish I could stop there for a while because having a bunch of homies don't mean that that's a good thing. But anyway, I'll leave that for another time. But he found himself because the world had taken all that he did have and he found himself without anything. Amen. Amen. But when he went to the father's house, God gave the increase. Lord have mercy. Give him back all that which he had when he left here. Put a ring on his finger. Put, put shoes on his feet. Put, put a cloak on him. Because these are the things that he had when he left here. Let me tell you something. We have to know that it is God that giveth the increase. Anything that's worth having is that which God gives. Amen. 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 And so we see that story has many spiritual implications. We recognize that being out in the world, no matter what it is that you may be doing in the world, the world doesn't give you anything that's sustainable. Amen. It only gives you that which is temporary. Amen. And that which is temporary will eventually be gone. Amen. And if we don't have the Lord, then what do you really have? You have nothing. Amen. And surely when you look at Amos, Amos, remember we read Amos chapter 8, and we looked at verses number 11 through 14, and we found that the, the spiritual idea of having things uh, when it comes to the idea of bread and, and, and clothing and shelter and, 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 and even monetary things, wealth, he, he makes it very clear that there's a famine in the land. And the famine wasn't about how much money folk had. It wasn't about how much food people had on their table. It wasn't about how many different changes of clothes they may have in their closet or in their dresser drawers. It wasn't, it wasn't about any of that. It wasn't about the, 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 the houses that they lived in. He said the famine wasn't about any of those things. It was about the word of God. It was about the seed. And that seed is the covenant. It is about the covenant. And when people don't have the covenant, let me tell you something. You can't grow without the covenant because God allows you to grow because the seed is within you, and that is the covenant. Now, why is that significant when it comes to our, our theme this year that we've been wrestling with about the, the ark, the tabernacle, the church, the temple, uh, if you will, uh, and, uh, and the, uh, 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 the covenant being that that thing which brings each of them together in that conversation. We've been talking about this because, let me tell you something, sometimes we get focused on the wrong things. Our, our life is focused on the wrong thing instead of the thing that is most important. There's nothing more important than our relationship that we have with the Lord that we have with God. And, and, and look, look what the young man said. The young man, uh, uh, if you will, didn't talk about all the friends that he had and didn't talk about all the other things that he had. He says, I, 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 I remember my father's house. I remember that which is most important. And when, you, when you're going through life's challenges and you're going through life issues, you, you, you've got to understand that it is the word of God that helps you remember that which is most important. Because that's what gets you from day to day. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because we remember what's most important. 
And what's most important is our relationship with God. In Genesis chapter 9, as we make a segue back to Noah, we've been talking about Noah and Noah being in the ark. And, and now Noah uh, is, 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 has uh, uh, been instructed by God to exit the ark. And he has now uh, 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 been commanded to, to do some things that, only God has the power to allow to be done. He is now exiting the ark. In Genesis chapter 8, we find, uh, in verse number 20, we find that uh, when God instructed Noah to exit the ark, that Noah built an altar to the Lord and, and, and made sacrifice unto him. Now, we know that there's, a, there's some symbolism here in that we can, we can make a an analogy as it pertains to the church, but that analogy needs to be understood that we are the sacrifice. We, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, as Romans chapter 12, 1 and following helps us to understand. So, so, but here in the Old Testament, we find ourselves with these sacrifices being presented that God commanded to be presented. And so Noah is, in fact, being obedient to God, he builds an altar, and he prepares the sacrifice, and he makes that sacrifice, and he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Noah's in washing, amen, when you can. Lord have mercy, I, 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 I think there's a teaching point here. There's nothing, there's nothing... There's nothing better and no place better to be when you're making a sacrifice than to be in worship with the Lord. Amen. You know, some, some, sometimes we, we think that uh, uh, worship is just a, a, a pastime thing. Let me tell you something. When, when, you, when you have let the world go to come to worship, God recognizes you understand how important the relationship is between, uh, uh, between he and and, and you, we look at this text and we see here, he makes the offering, and verse number 21 says, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor, amen, and the Lord said in his heart, I, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination for man's uh, uh, of his heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. I think God was saying here, it is he that gives the increase. I think he was making that very clear. Uh, seed time and harvest, amen, and cold and heat and summer and winter and night and day and night shall not cease. God's letting you know it is he that has the power to address all these things. It is God that giveth the increase. Now, not only 
is that being pointed out in Genesis, in, in Genesis 8, but in Genesis 9, beginning in verse number 1, we find that God's now going to uh, perpetuate humanity once again. Verse number 9 and 1, chapter 9 and verse number 1. It says, and God blessed Noah. Wait a second. God blessed Noah. Amen. And his sons. And said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. It says, God bless Noah and his sons. In other words, it gives you, it should give you an understanding that there was no replenishing and increasing going to happen without God's blessing. Lord have mercy. It is God that giveth the increase. You know, sometimes, sometimes we have to we have to realize that 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 in our in our in our a covenant agreement with God, uh, uh, there is the the understanding that that we need to stop trusting in the world and start trusting in the Lord. It is God to give it the increase. Remember Matthew chapter six, and we quote this scripture all the time. But I want to go here and have it read for, uh, I'll read it, if you will, this morning. But in Matthew chapter 6, one of the scriptures that we quote very often, we find some interesting things about this, this idea of God giving the increase from a, uh, from a material standpoint. Uh, uh, but remember, there's always the spiritual message. In Matthew chapter 6, we find where uh, uh, we're going to start uh, reading from verse number 24. In Matthew 6 and 24, this is in red writing for those of you who are red writing Christians. This is Jesus speaking. And he's letting us know the significance of the covenant agreement that God has with man. Verse 24 says, no man can serve two masters. Amen. You can't, you, you can't serve two masters. You can't live in the world and, 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 and frolic in the wilderness of the world and then try to, to run down to the church house to be all right. You can't serve both masters. If you, if you, if you are holding on to uh, uh, Christianity and that is who you have become and that is who you are, you must hold on to that whether, whether you are in worship or whether you're out there in, 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 uh, uh, among those who are in the world. you got to hold on to who you are in your identity as a Christian. Amen. You can't serve both masters. Amen. you got to make a choice. Amen. you got to make a choice. And he says, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate one, hate the one, and love the other. Or else he would hold to one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is an Aramaic word that deals with material things. In specific, it talks about money. But money can be a God. Because that's what many people will throw themselves after. And they will give themselves to that rather than to give themselves to the Lord. But nevertheless, verse number 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, 
Take no thought for your life what she shall eat. Notice here, notice here the spiritual idea. Take no thought for your life what you shall eat and what you shall drink and, and what you shall, uh, and, 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 uh, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. It, it is not the life more than meat and the body uh, uh, than raiment? Let me tell you something. There's a spiritual message here. There's a prioritization of what's important in the life of people. When God allowed Noah and his sons to exit the ark, if you will, the first thing that they did, God, if you will, shows Noah going to wash him. There is some spiritual matters that must be prioritized in our lives. Noah made sure that God recognized that he was going to hold on to his covenant as best he could. The Bible says that the the sacrifices that he made came up before God as a sweet-smelling savor. Let me, let, me, let me share this with you. When, we, when, 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 when one comes out of the world, when one, if you will, lets go of the things of the world uh, and, 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 and turns toward the Lord, your, your life becomes a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord. Because you are now that spiritual sacrifice. Amen. You've come out of something, if you will, that, that, that God found despicable, and that God, if you will, recognizes being full of evil. Amen. That God, if you will, uh, uh, desires for all to leave and to come into the light. He, uh, he desires for us to come out of the, the darkness and be translated into the marvelous light. These are the things that God desires. And so when one comes out of the world, amen, and comes into Christ, you are now presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, and you are a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord. Every child of God becomes that when they come out of the world, a sweet-smelling savor. The master teacher would go on and say, look, isn't the body more than this? The material things, the meat, the drink, the arraignment that you, the raiment you will be putting on Verse number 26, he makes it very clear. The, the, let me make an analogy here. The young man's issue, the one that was in the hall, was deeper than just the fact that he squandered everything that he had. Because to himself. Y'all might well say amen when you can. Because we all out there in our own individual personal ball fields. We got to do that sometimes. 
try. Don't look at me. Some of us had penthouses in our hall pens. But we had to come to ourselves. Amen. We had to come to ourselves. We had to realize this, this is not where we want to be. This is not where we want to be. And, 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 and somewhere along the line of our journey, we heard the gospel. We heard the When the word was spoken, and that's what the Bible says, that's why we're called the church. That's why we're called the ecclesia. That's why we're called the called out ones. That is how God has identified us because when the gospel, when the covenant of God is spoken and it, there's, a, there's a soul that is seeking the Lord, that soul hears the gospel and it triggers something within that soul. And that soul says, I'm going to my father's house. I got to come out of this pit, this, this hog pen that I'm in. And I'm going to my father's house. Because in my father's house, there, there, there was plenteous. He's able to provide. Lord have mercy. Not only is he able to provide for my physical needs. Because God can do that. He's able to provide something that no one else can provide for him. And that is my spiritual needs. He's able to provide that. Amen. And so we see, we see here that when we see the master teacher teaching, the master teacher is making the, 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 uh, 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 the comparison between the things of the, of the world and their temporal nature. But nevertheless, don't forget that God provides those things as well. But what he really wants you to focus on is your spiritual soul. Because that's what's eternal. Remember what Solomon says. Solomon says in the book of the preacher, the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, the body goes back to the dust of the earth from which it came. But the spirit goes back to God who gave it, you see. And so the master teacher teaches us in Matthew chapter 6. He says, look, in verse number, uh, uh, 26, behold the fowls of the air, but they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Lord have mercy. Are ye not much better than they? Jesus asks a rhetorical question. He's not expecting an answer from us because if you know who you are in your relationship with God, you know you are better than they. But the question is, do you know? Lord have mercy. Have you come to yourself? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Have you come 
to yourself to know that you are better than how the world is treating you and how you're allowing yourself to be treated in the world. Do you know you're better than that? Amen. Do you know you're better than that? If you don't, you need to come to yourself. You need to come to yourself. You need to know, you need to know that you that that that, that when God created mankind, he created something special. And when he created it special, he if you will uh, uh, provide all the things that mankind needed. When they were in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve wanted for nothing. There was nothing that they needed. They even had eternal life. They had everything that God provided. It wasn't until sin came in through the way of the devil that destroyed that relationship. And now man is trying to make his way back to God, back to his father's house, because the devil destroyed the relationship. And so every soul, every soul is trying to get back to the father's house. And the only way they can get back to the father's house, the only way the soul can get back to the father's house is through the covenant. It's through the word of God. That's the only way you can get back to the father's house. It's not by becoming intellectual. It's not by becoming wealthy. It's not because you've accumulated a lot of friends on Facebook that you never met and don't even know who they are. It's not about all those things. That's not, that's not, that's not going to, if you will, uh, 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 feel the emptiness that is in your soul by having all of these material things. Those things cannot provide for the spiritual soul. They may temporarily ease the, 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 the anxiety of the body, but the body goes back to the dust of the earth. What you need is the word of God, which is able to sustain your soul. Amen. And that's what the soul is desiring. And when you come to yourself and you understand the covenant relationship that God desires to have, when you come to yourself, you then understand that these temporal things of the world should not be your priority of life. But what should be your priority of life is establishing a sound relationship with God. That's the priority of life. So Jesus goes, goes on in his teaching and he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he continues to unfold this. He says, look, and let, let, me, let me tell you something. While you think that you can do something so great outside of God, let me give you a clue here. Verse number 27, which of you, Lord have mercy, by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Lord have mercy. I, 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 the, Lord, the Lord helping us understand something. Amen. Which of you, well, that's a challenge now because he's talking to all of us. Jesus like, now one of you going to be able to come forward, so I might as well go on and say it. Which of you, even taking thought, can add one stature to your, uh, 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 one cubit, if you will, to your stature? What he's letting us know here is this. It is in God that we live and that we move and that we have our very being. When God gets ready to take you up out of here, there's nothing you can do about it. God desires for you to stay, then you will be here. Amen. Which of you, taking thought, can add one cubit to your stature? It's a rhetorical question. He knows that none of us can. 
no matter how much you try. Verse number 28, he goes on and says, and, 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 and then, and why take ye thought for raiment? Why, 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 why are the material things of life you, uh, uh, more important to you? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Lord have mercy. I think you can see here that Jesus is driving home the point that it is God that giveth the increase. And, 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 and perhaps this, 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 this can uh, help us even more when it comes to our our prayer life, because the Bible says uh, uh, when you are in need of something, ask, you shall receive. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Seek, and you shall find it. This is because you're asking of the Lord. You are, you are engaged in a relationship uh, with God the Father, we being his children, in that relationship, we go to the Father and we ask for that which we need. And God says he is able and willing to supply all of our needs. Now, not your wants, but your needs. And so we find ourselves here. Well, Jesus goes on, he says, and, and, and he uses Solomon. And you have, to, you have to understand the analogy of Solomon. Surely, uh, those of you who uh, have been engaged in reading the Old Testament, you surely know that Solomon, uh, even uh, in today's standards, and, 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 I, and I will make the argument here, uh, if you will, that, um, that those who consider themselves to be the richest men uh, in the world today, or woman in the world today, I, 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 I could make the argument that what Solomon had, if you will, dwarfs, uh, dwarfs all of what the riches are today. None were arrayed like Solomon. Amen. And, and so what you find is, is that uh, the, 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 the wealth and the riches uh, that Solomon possessed, if you will, uh, was far and vast and beyond what we even can consider wealth today. But he said with all that Solomon had, with all that he had, what God provided for the lilies of the field, what God provided uh, for the fowls of the air, what God provided for these living creatures of his was more than what Solomon actually physically possessed. What's important about this is that God is saying that the increase that he gave for his creation was more important and more valued than the material things that Solomon actually possessed. It is God that giveth the increase. The things of God is what's most important. Not the things of the world, but the things that are of God. Jesus would go on and say, verse number 30, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, 
Shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. O ye of little faith. How does faith come? Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word of God is the covenant. Our faith is built up. Our faith and trust and confidence in God is built up because of the covenant. But O ye of little faith. I often hear and I know it is because each of us are on our own uh, trajectory of growth and maturity in the Lord. But I often hear, even in prayers today, uh, they, they'll say, you know, I pray, I pray, Lord, give me more faith. And in my mind, in my spiritual mind, I'm saying, read the covenant more. <laughs> because that's how God increases your faith, right? It doesn't come by osmosis. Amen. It comes by studying God's word. That's how we increase our faith. We read the stories of those who have been in, in challenges of life, if you will, trials and tribulations of life, faithful people of God trying to do that which was, was right in the eyes of God, yet the world may have knocked them down and challenged them in their journey, but yet they still got up to continue to pursue the covenant and the, and the, the relationship with God. These things are written for our learning. Romans 15 and 4. That we through patience and, 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 and comfort of the scripture might have hope. When one wants faith, you need to go to the covenant to increase your faith. To increase your faith. And by going to the word of God, going to that covenant, we read the things that we need to understand so that we can become better than what we are. Look at the, the text once again in Matthew chapter 6. He goes on and says, verse number 31. Therefore, after he says, O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or whether withal shall we be clothed? Now notice something here. I keep coming back to the hog here. Because thought here is addressing the same issue that was going on in the hog pen. The conscience, the conscience of the, the man that was in the hog pen. He had to come to himself. Lord have mercy. He had to come to himself. He had to start, if you will, uh, uh, rightly dividing in his mind the relationship that he needed to have with the Lord. He had to come to himself. And so God says, when you start thinking about all these things that you believe are important, you need to think again. You need to come to yourself. Notice that the young man says, the young man, the man that was in the hog pen, notice what he says. He says, in my father's house, there was plenteous. And my, my father had provided the things and the necessities of, of, of my spiritual life that I needed. It was in my father's house. Amen. Not out in the world. He had to come to himself. 
It wasn't in the world. It was in my father's house. Amen. In the world, there's a famine going on. It's not about a famine of how many houses you can live in and how many cars you can buy, how much money you can have in the bank, how many pair, uh, uh, changes of clothes you can wear. That's not the famine. The famine is God's word. What use is it to have all those things and an abundance of them and not have your relationship with God right? That's the story. That's the importance of it. That's the significance of it. You got to come to yourself. Therefore, take no thought. Come to yourself. Take no thought saying, what shall I eat or what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, I got to point this out here because he's making an example of those who uh, uh, were following after Christ, even those who had a, a the Jews who had a relationship with God at that time, those who were uh, listening to Christ and changing their lives at that time versus those who are identified as Gentiles who were still worshiping after idol gods. So he's making an analogy here. All those things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But, wait a minute now, but, <laughs> I'm, Lord, I don't have enough food. I know that. I need some place to live. I know that. Can I get a change of clothes? I know that. But, Lord have mercy, seek ye First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the covenant. Seek the proper relationship that you ought to have with God, that your soul needs to have with God. Seek that first and the, and the bread that you need and the, and the clothing that you need and the shelter that you need. I can take care of all of that. That ain't an issue. Your soul is what's more important. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Paul says to us in Romans 1 and 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's dealing with the Gentiles. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. Jesus says, seek the righteousness of God first. Before all of these things that, 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 that God can bless you with in the world, seek ye first. Your relationship with God, the right relationship with God. Seek the kingdom of God, which is the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth, which is the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 21 and following. Seek ye first the kingdom of God 
Seek ye that which God is going to save in the end time, 1 Corinthians 15 and 24, when Jesus says he's going to deliver up the kingdom. And once again, he's going to be all in all and overall. That is God the Father. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be, shall be added unto you. And then verse number 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What you need to be focused on is getting your relationship right with God. Because see, tomorrow is another evil day coming. Another evil day is coming. And the question is whether or not is that evil day the day that you lose your existence on this time side of life. If you die in your sin, where he is, you cannot come. So he says, remember, every day is a day of evil. Amen. Remember what, what God said to Noah as we close out in Genesis, back in Genesis and we're not close out in Genesis, but we go back to Genesis to get ready to close out. Amen. See, some of y'all got too hopeful. Haven't you? Clear that up. We almost done. But look what he says. God says in verse number 21, in, in Genesis 8 and 21, there's your connection. He says, look, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Let me tell you something. Every day has plenty of evil in it. And you know why it has plenty of evil in it? Here it come. Because we here. Because we here. There's always devil has always given the opportunity for man to do evil. To do wrong. Every day. Sufficient there's a sufficiency of evil in every day because we here. That's why we have to seek the kingdom of God first. And that kingdom is, is, is grounded and based on, uh, based on the covenant. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now I'm in my closing. So Paul says to the church at Corinth, just as God... Uh, encouraged Noah uh, to, to keep his covenant, to receive his covenant and to keep it. And, and Noah seems as he got out of the ark, that when, he, when he was able to exit the ark, it appeared that Noah was uh, a, a, a diligent in, 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 in doing just that, that he was going to keep the covenant of God. He went to worship. He made sacrifice. Unto God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes to the church of Corinth, and he's, 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 he's suggesting to them that, that the thoughts of their minds, the, the spiritual uh, things that, um, that's hindering them from being who God desires for them to be, is because they are still fixated on the things that are of the world. And not the things that are of God. And that's where the challenges come in. Because when, when, when we are fixated on the things of the world, that's where evil creeps in. 
Evil comes through that channel. Evil doesn't come through the spiritual channel of God. Evil comes through the things of the word that, appe that appeals to and, and, and in some ways uh, 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 we allow to appease the flesh. That's where evil comes. It comes through that uh, channel of life. And that channel of life is, 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 is uh, open based on our carnal mind. Based on where we are in our spiritual consciousness. If, if we have yet to let the word of God, if we have yet to let the covenant of God uh, be placed in our hearts, as Hebrews 10 helps us to understand, when, if we have yet to let the, the covenant of God's word, uh, uh, if you will, be, 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 be placed in our hearts, then, 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 then what happens is, is that the carnal mind still rules. Because the spiritual mind has not taken shape. It has not taken shape yet. Because the word of God is not being allowed to shape and to mold us. Remember? Paul told, tells Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, he says, look, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, which is teaching, for reproof, exposing, for correction, direction finding, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect and truly furnished unto all good works. We, the, the covenant of God is essential when it comes to us developing the spiritual Christian conscience that's able to save our souls. It's essential. So Paul says to us, he says, look. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. You see, he makes it very clear. There's... The, the, can't make this stuff up. He's like, you know, there's a distinction between having a carnal mind and a spiritual mind. He said, you know, there's a distinction between the two. The spiritual mind is that mind that comes from, let me tell you something, trials and tribulations, but yet still hold on to God's unchanging hand. That's where the spiritual mind comes from. So you're, just not going, you're not going to just stumble into a spiritual mind. Oh, no. That's not how it works. That's, oh, Lord, have mercy. Y'all know the scripture for this, right? There's scripture. Go, go, go to Hebrews. It, 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 I, I quoted some text, but go to Hebrews chapter 5. You just don't stumble into a spiritual mind. That, that's, that, that's not how this happens. Amen. You've got to put this thing to work. Hey, man, you got, you got to work on this stuff. That's how, you, look, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5, and, 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 and uh, I'm going to drop down, if you will, uh, uh, verse number 9 here. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 9, just to give a little more context. I don't need all of this, but I'm a, I, I, I'll give you as much as I can without taking too much more time. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 9, and he says, and being made perfect, this is Christ. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Okay, I think we all know that that's Christ. And he goes on and says, And called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have uh, uh, many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. Now understand, teachers here is dealing with someone who has matured in the faith. They have gone through some stuff. 
They've been in battle with Satan. Oh, yes. Fighting on a day-to-day basis, holding on to God's unchanging hand through it all. These are the ones who become teachers, amen. You don't just fall into the spiritual idea of being a teacher. You, you fight through some stuff. You struggle through some stuff. And you hold on to God's unchanging hand. You put your armor on. You keep it shining so that you can fight a good fight of faith. These are the struggles that we have in our lives. Remember, when you look at the Revelation text and you see John, we quoted it last Sunday, but when you look at the Revelation text and you see John and the angel is saying to him, do you know who these are under the altar? Remember what he says about them who are under the altar. These are they that have come out of trials and tribulations. You got to fight this fight. You don't fall into spirituality. You grow into spirituality. Amen. That's why the devil knows who to mess with. Amen. He'll want to fight you when you hard-headed spiritual person. He want to get some of those who weaken the knee. Who haven't taken this. Lord have mercy. Boy, I can spend some time there. But when you have reason of use. Let's go on. Reason of use. Of whom, he says, uh, verse number 12 in Hebrews 5 and 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as, as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. You see, there's a distinction between those who have a spiritual mind and those who have a carnal mind. The struggle is real. Growth is necessary in order for you to to, to defend yourself against the wiles of the devil. You got to grow in God's word. You got to get that covenant going. He goes on and says, look, um, in verse 13, for everyone that uses milk is what? Unskillful. Amen unskillful that's why you don't put a babe in front of the devil that's that's a snack for the devil man you don't put a babe in front of the devil he's unskillful she's unskillful but he says it's because they haven't been exercising their spiritual heart in that which is righteous. Remember, Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. It's just not because God wants you to just seek his righteousness just to be just because. Seeking his righteousness makes you skillful to deal with the devil. The devil's been around a long time, and his tricks are still here. Call them scandalons, traps, and whatnot. But when you become skillful in God's word, he says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of what? Of righteousness. For he is a babe. You see? And so when we talk about, uh, 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 as, as we were reading Matthew in, 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 uh, in 1 Corinthians, rather, and, and one growing into to the 
uh, uh, spiritual mind, that, that spiritual mind is not something that comes by happenstance. Paul told Timothy, start it! To show thyself approved unto God. Wait a minute. Unto who? Unto God. And that's the other thing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to drop this off. When you are living a Christian life, you're not trying to prove yourself to somebody else. <laughs> you're trying to prove your life to the Lord. Because he's the only one that matters. Lord have mercy. We start trying to prove ourselves to each other, we're going to start judging one another. Oh, well, I don't think you reached this right. I don't think you did that right. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please the Lord. Now, I love you, but I'm, but I'm here to please, please the Lord. The struggle is me against the devil. Wickedness and evil that's trying to take me down, that's trying to take you down. The devil is patient. He just takes us down one soul at a time. One soul at a time. That's what his wickedness does. Notice that sin doesn't, under Adam, under Adam all, all died because of one man's offense. But now because Christ went to the cross, the innocent lamb of God that had no sin. No guile was found in his mouth. The innocent lamb of God, the perfect lamb of God that, that went to the cross of Calvary, marched up Golgotha's heel after being beaten and abused, spat upon, whipped in a court that was constructed for thieves and robbers and murderers. They took our Lord, our Savior, into that court. And they abused him. They stripped his raiment from him and, and put on him a purple robe and, and mocked him as if, he, if, as if he were not a king of kings when he was in fact the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the blessing and the beauty of it is that he went there willingly. Amen. Willingly. Willingly. Because Jesus made it known. He says, no, you're not, that I could have called a legion of angels and took all of this out. And let me tell you something. He didn't need a legion. One would have been enough. One would have been enough. But he was just making a point. That if I needed to be rescued, and if rescuing was the, was the point of the matter, it wouldn't be hard to get up out of here. But that wasn't the point. The point of the matter was to show humanity that it wasn't what God had done that made our problem a problem. It's what we have chosen to become which made our problem a problem. Because he became a man. Philippians chapter 2. He took on the form of a man, the form of a servant. 
He thought he didn't think it robbery to be equal with God, but he knew that he had to. He had to take that distinction off and suffer as we suffer so that he could be intimately uh, he would be able to intimately relate to the challenges of life that we go through and surely Hebrews says since he has done that he's able to secure us being tempted in every way that we are tempted and so now because of his death and his righteousness we have a chance at everlasting life. Thank God. Thank God, because if it were not for Christ, all this would be for nothing. But Paul reminds us in Hebrew 5, and he goes on and says, look, he says, you have to stop being a babe because a babe is still carnal-minded. A babe is still carnal-minded. A babe is still on milk. And not consuming the strong meat. But if we ought to become teachers, or if we ought to become teachers of the world, and let me tell you something, don't, don't, don't get this twisted. Some of you think that being teacher here literally means that you have to be in front of some people in a classroom or something and giving instruction. Let me tell you something. Teacher in this text does not give you that singular meaning. Being a teacher means by the way you live your life among the people. They see who you are. Your life becomes a book that people read. As Paul says in, 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 in 2 Corinthians 3, that we are epistles written among men, known and read of all men. They see who we are. Our lives become teaching. And we teach the world by how we live, how we struggle through things. But we hold on to God's unchanging hand. Being a Christian does not absolve us and somehow uh, keep us from suffering. But in fact, becoming a Christian means be prepared to suffer. But in your suffering, as Paul, as I get back to John, when John said, who are these under the altar? And the angel says, these are they who have come out of much trial and tribulation. But they did what? They washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. This is what makes them distinctive. It's not that somehow they, they missed suffering because they became children of God. No, in fact, they suffered even more greatly. Because the devil doesn't want those who are in the world. He got them. He wants those of us who think we righteous, trying to be righteous. And that's why you can never get the devil out. The, I mean, did I say you can't get the devil out the church yet? Can't get the devil out the church. The devil ain't going to be out the church. This is where he wants to be. Why he going to be? He, look, I got them. I'm trying to get y'all folk who claim you are members of the church. That you have faith in God, that you're, that you're trying to live righteous lives. That those are the ones I want. I got those who are in the world. Amen. Amen. You ain't going to never get the devil out the church. That's where he going to be. Y'all need scripture for that? Please tell me y'all don't need no scripture for that. Because I'll go to Revelations. And I'll tell you where the devil's seat was. Revelations 1, 2, and 3. 
speaks about that the devil's seat was in the church. That's where the devil's seat is. Look to your left. Look to your right. Look up at the pulpit. Amen. Any one of us in here could be practicing devilish things. Amen. Amen. But, but the point is, is that we need to become teachers. And, 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 and those teachers, God lets us know that in Hebrews 5, he says, look, be, 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 these are they who have, who, have, who, have, who have committed themselves to strong meat. They, it it belongs to them that are of full age. And full age here is not dealing with the number. It's not dealing with the number. It's not dealing with the number. Because let me tell you something. There are folk who have been in the church for 40 years and still walking around like two-year-olds. Amen. And then you got those who have been, in, been members of the body of Christ for maybe two, three years and stronger than anybody you ever want to know. You know what the distinction is? Whether or not they have committed themselves to the covenant. To study God's word and to apply it to their lives. To do his will. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses. That is their conscience. Their, 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 their uh, 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 bodily uh, 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 sensory in all of its uh, facets have been have been uh, 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 infused with God's word where they have now brought that body into subjection he says have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil back in Matthew uh, back in I'm sorry back in first Corinthians chapter 3 as I close Look what he says. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. You know what? I, I, I skipped the scripture, but I'll quote it for you. You remember Peter says, as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word. That, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that you may grow thereby. So we know that, that it is, you have to grow into a spiritual life. And, and, and you do it because as, as, as newborn babes, you're desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You have to grow into a spiritual life. It doesn't happen, it doesn't happen haphazardly. It is, a, it is an intentional process of taking God's word and applying it to your life. That's how it sticks to you. Amen. Amen. So, so Paul would say in verse number 2 in 1 Corinthians 3 and 2, he says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. So we can see where the Corinthians were. When you compare this to Hebrews, you know where they were when it came, when it comes to God's word. He's saying, look, you, 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 you are still babes in Christ. You're still carnal minded because you're still allowing the things of the world to destroy you. 
you're still hanging on to those things of the world. And then he goes into this, this whole uh, 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 discussion about what he meant. Because then he goes in, he says, look, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So he lets us know what he means by the carnal mind. We're still very much susceptible to the influences that have been left behind by Satan when he caused sin to come into the world. He says, are you not just, you're not walking as men? In other words, you, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not walking as Romans 8 would say, uh, 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 there is now therefore no condemnation to them who uh, walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. We're still walking after the flesh. When he says walk as men, he's talking about walking after the flesh. You're still walking after the flesh. The flesh is still ruling your life. Instead of your spirit ruling the flesh, the flesh is still ruling you. Because you're still carnally minded. But the spiritual mind, the spiritual mind, as long as we're on this time side of life, the spiritual mind still has a chance to take over the carnal mind. Because you can grow. You can, you can grow. You can grow, and, and, and by growing, if you will, uh, 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 in God's word, that spiritual mind will become stronger and stronger and stronger. And when that spiritual mind becomes uh, 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 strong enough, it will begin to bring that body into subjection. And by bringing that body into subjection, it will overcome, begin to overcome the wickedness and the challenges of life. Now, you can do it. God has allowed it to be done. But it means that you're going to have to make effort in order for this to happen. It's not going to happen by accident. But it will be intentional. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 1 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being in of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself uh, of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made into, into the likeness of man that is flesh. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Which is what God desires of us. Take up your cross. And follow me he says. He that loses his life. For the world's sake. Shall be lost. But he that loses his life for my sake. He'll be saved. Paul says in Philippians. He goes on and says. In 2 and 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. And given him. A name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, should bow, and of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. 
And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of, the, of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own, Lord have mercy, salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. The young man found himself in the hall pen. He found himself in the hall pen, but, but he remembered where he came from. He came from his father. And by doing that, the father was already waiting on him to come back home. And the Lord is waiting on each of us to come back home. Because by coming home, you think you're coming home to be alone. No, you're coming home to be with God. And he's already waiting. He's looking for you. He's waiting, on, he's waiting to look at you, see you coming over the horizon of your life. And God is there to run to you, to embrace you, to fall on your neck. The spiritual meaning of this consciousness of man is far beyond anything that we could have ever imagined. But I thank God that he gave us his word. He gave us his covenant. So that we can study these things and strengthen our souls, as we'll find with Noah, because he blessed Noah and his sons to be able to replenish the earth. And even with all of that, we know that evil was still in the world. But there, where there is evil, there's also God's word that is able to overcome wickedness. And so that's why the gospel is being preached. That's why the word of God is being taught. And that's why it's important for you to come into the faith of God's word. Because Romans 10 and 17, when it says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He's talking about bringing you out of a place that you should not be in. Into a place where you are welcome. God wants to welcome you home. You have to believe his word. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You've been seeking something out in the world and you've been left empty. Now seek God so he can fill you up. Be full of the word that your life might be changed to become a sweet savor, a sacrifice unto God. The Bible says we repent of our sins Luke 13, 3 and 5 says, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Acts 17 and 30, God commandeth every man everywhere to repent. 2 Peter 3 and 9, God wishes none to perish, that, but that all should come unto repentance. And you don't have all the time that you think you might have. One day with God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. God wants you to be saved, and today is your time. This is the time for you to be saved. Now 
is the accepted time. Now is the time of salvation. Obey the covenant of God. The Bible says you confess Jesus Christ to be the Son of God. Romans 10 and 9, with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We recognize that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. But even before you get to that, when you start saying he's the Lord of my life and he's the king of my castle and all these other things, my question is, is he your lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world where his blood was spilled? Is he your lamb? Because that's where your soul can be saved. God wants you to come and repent of your sins and let him add you to the church. Acts 2.47 says, that those on the day of Pentecost, when they heard the word of God being preached, they heard the covenant of God being presented, that they believed and they obeyed, they were being baptized for the remission of their sins. They asked that question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins. And Acts 2.47 said, God added to the church daily those that are being saved, uh, those that should be saved. And when he was adding to the church, he was adding to the kingdom, he was adding to his body. Why don't you come right now, obey the gospel so that God can add you as well. As we stand and sing the invitational song, why don't you come? 909. 909. Will you to the fountain free, will you come? It is for you and me, thirsty soul. Hear the welcome call. Tis a fountain open for all. There's a living stream with a crystal gleam from the throne of life. Now it flows while the waters roll. Let the weary soul hear the call that forth freely goes. Will you come into the fountain free? Will you come taste for you and me, thirsty soul? Hear the welcome call. Tis a fountain open for
Amen. Please open your faith and praise books and turn to page 313. Once again, that's page 313 in your faith and praise books. At this time, we'll start the 